Hey guys, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 66, and today we have a little bit of an interesting episode. Um, not because of the content, but what I'm choosing to do with it. Um, today, I'm going to review um, Song by Song, Paramore's new album, This Is Why. Um, as you guys probably have gathered thus far, um, not only have I reviewed quite a few Paramore records or um, Haley's solo project in the past. I um, am part of the Paramore community, whether I like it or not, whether I've tried to get out of it or not, whether I've tried to become a casual fan in my 30s or not. Um, it's all up for debate, but nonetheless, this is their first album in almost six years, which is kind of crazy to think about how much life has lived, how much life people have lived in the last almost six years and time has really flown by I mean their last show was what 2018 September of 2018 um I mentioned this to somebody on Monday at their album release show I was like guys we haven't seen each other since Art and Friends which was in 2018 like that's fucking crazy to think about that I haven't seen so many people um, that I talk to semi-regularly when Paramore is active in that many years. And it's just, it's mind-blowing, truly, uh, what is time in all aspects of it. But what's going to be interesting about this episode is I'm not writing anything down for it. And um, some of you may know, some of you may not know. I think I've mentioned it quite a few times in the past, but even if it's me just talking unless I have a guest on with me I typically write down some sort of outline or at least when I do album reviews um, I write down some thoughts and then I kind of free um, freestyle kind of some of um, my thoughts on it but I try to make it as cohesive as possible especially when I have so much to say um, especially a band of this caliber but I've decided that um, since I've been a Paramore fan for quite a number of years and I feel pretty comfortable talking about them and their music, um, I'm just going to wing it. You know, I'm just going to talk from the heart and talk, um, ramble, just talk and talk and talk, um, mostly because I'm I'm pretty excited in general about this new era. Um They've been very interactive this album cycle so far, even though it's barely even begun. Um, I had the pleasure of right before I saw the show on Monday at the Grand Ole Opry, um, their marketing team has been fantastic. Whoever they have doing their marketing is just chef's kiss, truly. Um, ask for my address. Give them my address. Don't give your address on the internet to strangers, but at least they have a verified account, so can't be too scary right um asked for my address and they um, dropped a one of their team members dropped a box off at my house and the running out of time flexi disc was in the box and I was able to sit with running out of time for a couple days before the release um I didn't go to their listening party on Tuesday at Grimey's I had to get my parents from the airport and also I just really wasn't into the idea of listening to the album for the first time um, with a bunch of people at the record store. So I just, um, I was kind of grateful that I had an obligation and I couldn't really go, but it looked like a lot of fun. It looked like a lot of people had so much fun at their listening parties. And, um, 
I'm glad that they did this because uh, you just listen to the album once and then you just sit with it in your brain for like three days. So it was really cool. Nobody really spoiled anything, which I was a little disappointed about because I really wanted to hear what I was getting into, especially with Thick Skull, uh, the last track on the record, because um, in one of the articles that was written, apparently it was supposed to be a shoegaze song or there was like, not a shoegaze song, but there were shoegaze moments. And if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I'm a shoegaze hater, certified shoegaze hater in all aspects of it. So I was... Um, I made a joke because I think it was 2018 I saw. Um, I said that my nightmare would be the day that Paramore makes a shoegaze record. <laughs> so, I mean, they didn't make a shoegaze record, but I was pretty um, anxiously anticipating what Thick Skull would sound like. And nobody really said anything like um, other than it was a beautiful song and, you know, they were emotionally wrecked by it, but they didn't mention anything about it musically. So I was like, huh, maybe it's not what I think it is. So that was the only thing I was pretty excited about. And I was a little bummed out that people didn't give much context behind why they were feeling the way that they were feeling. So yeah, I thought it was cool that they did all these listening parties and people got to, got to just hear the album. That and I saw that... Um, uh, at least Target, and I know a lot of people got their vinyl today, and um, it's just it's just kind of crazy how um, I feel as if Paramore really wanted this record to come out before February 10th, and they are trying their darndest to like mo- like skate around having the early state by giving fans the opportunity to hear whatever they could um, before the 10th, because we heard This Is Why for the first time in back in September. And that was what, six months ago? I can't do math that quick, but let's just say six months ago. It sounds like a nice round number. But um, yeah, it's just really wild that um, six months ago, we're like, oh my God, we have to wait until next year. And it's already, it's already here. This Is Why is here. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my very long intro to this episode. But I wasn't sure if I was going to do this back when Paramore was kind of dormant, not doing anything. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to give myself the opportunity to um, talk about them in such capacity that I have in the past, especially with After Laughter, because After Laughter was a really big era for me personally. And I also just really felt the vulnerability in that record where it's crazy because um, where I felt more the vulnerability in that record this is why the record feels very intimate in some ways, which is kind of weird because um, you would think that vulnerability would equal intimacy, but I really feel like um, after laughter, especially experiencing this record, after laughter just had so many moments that felt like just a need of a need for expression, a, an outlet so to speak, you know, um, Haley lyrically really needed to say a lot of the things that she was feeling during that record, um, going through all of her mental health issues, going through a divorce and just everything that she was feeling on a personal level. I feel like she just needed that creative outlet and it was just super vulnerable. I mean, look, idol worship, for instance, no friend, 26 tell me how I mean I could go on and on basically the whole the whole damn record is just vulnerable as hell but this is why it doesn't feel vulnerable I won't say that it's not because you have songs like Thick Skull and um oh my gosh why is it oh and you first and just there is a lot of vulnerability on this record but I feel like it wasn't at the forefront where on After Laughter that was the main focus was just 
I need to get this emotion out, you know, where um, I feel the opposite on this is why in After Laughter, I felt that lyrically and emotionally and just personally, Haley was the main vulnerable person. And that's just my opinion as a listener. I'm not talking about their um, personal experiences as people, just as a music listener and just observation. I felt like Haley was really putting it all out there. And then musically, it just backed it up. Whereas on This Is Why, Haley sounds a lot more confident in how she feels. She's not really shy or vulnerable or scared of being vulnerable. Whereas musically, I feel like um, there is vulnerability in the guitar playing and um, even with the drums and the bass and just musically felt a little bit more vulnerable, whereas Haley's vocal delivery sounded more intimate. I think a lot of it had to do with the way it was produced as well. And I'll get into that um, when we go song by song, because there's a couple songs that I really want to hit that on. But it's just crazy. Um, the song, the album is really short. I think it's like 36 minutes or like um, 40-ish minutes, something like that. Um, I think it's shorter than All We Know Is Falling or just right um, a little, a couple minutes longer than All We Know Is Falling. But 10 songs and a lot of them are like four minutes long. And I just thought that, wow. They, <laughs> I don't know why they only did 10 songs. I mean, I'm not a musician. I'm sure making an album is incredibly taxing and difficult, um, especially watching the Zane Lau interview and just hearing Taylor speak about his experience recording the record and um, uh, the band individually talking in these interviews about how um, Taylor really pushed them to make the title track This Is Why because they were just done writing. Zach and Haley were just done and Taylor brought them this music and he really just tried to push them to um, their limit in a comfortable way. And I'm glad that he did because this is why the first track that we're going to talk about anyway is just, man, that was a great way to come back in my opinion. I really love this is why um, the song and the album, but <clears throat> oh, excuse me, the song and the album, but specifically the song in question, I just feel just from that opening, it is just so, it's just so cool. I don't have any fancy terminology for this. It is just a cool song. Um, I, I, I'm just going to be honest at this point because I have, you know, I've, I've done so many Paramore album reviews and talked extensively about Paramore but lyrically I just felt like I could hear that Haley was kind of done writing for this record because the lyrics just didn't grab me the way that the music did and that's not to fault Haley or say that she's a bad lyricist or you know any criticism but the music on this is why the song holy shit Brian Robert Jones, he is a fantastic addition to their live show and um, his skills on bass during the recording of This Is Why the album. Holy shit. He is a he is such a force. It is so fun to see him live. Um, his um, interaction with Haley um, during the live shows is just so fun. He just adds something so special to their live show and um, he's just an incredible musician. I, I don't know what else to say. I feel like I've said that four times already. Um, and he's got a very cool guitar collection. I'm so fascinated by his guitars every time. Um, but anyway, not to get away from the major point here. Um, this is why sounds like the most 
creative that the band got. And again, that's not really a criticism because the entire album is fantastic, but this is why the song has so much to it. Uh, I love the chorus musically so much. Basically, um, I love the song musically more than I like it for the the lyrics. Um, Haley delivers a, a great vocal performance. Don't get me wrong, but musically, man, I don't know who's solely responsible. I don't think there is someone solely responsible. I, I really do feel it was a collaborative effort, but man, Taylor really took it there with those guitar parts. And it's just seeing it live for the first time on Monday was just so fun. That was my biggest thing. I couldn't wait to see. Um, I couldn't wait to be at a Paramore show again, but mostly I couldn't wait to see This Is Why Live. Um, the crowd participation with that song is so fun. And then just the intro to that song. Oh my God, I want to live. I want to live in the intro to that song. I truly do. Um, everything up until Haley's part is just so good. I don't know what to say. If you don't like that song, oh man, that's a bummer. That is a true bummer if you don't like that song. And I know that a lot of Paramore fans were kind of skeptical about it at first. Um, I saw a lot of things on the internet where people were, it's not that they didn't like it, but they definitely didn't love it and they were unsure. But I did see a lot of other people, um, especially in my close circle, they were all for it. And it was just, I, I think it was the best song that they could have released to come back in my personal opinion. And yeah, I, I have nothing else to say about the song otherwise I'll be going on and on and on um I just I really like it it was a strong start um glad it propelled us into this era and I'm glad that it's the first track on the record so let me play you guys a little bit of uh, this is why So that was track one, This Is Why, and again, just fantastic way to open a record, truly. Um, there's no bad moments on that song. There's no slowdown moments of that song. It just brings the energy start to finish, much like track two, which is The News. That song came out um, with a music video that's just absolutely insane, um, super good. I think Paramore's best... Um, music video to date and I believe that the fan base wholeheartedly agrees the news is crazy to me because um it to me it sounds like um ignorance but not in a way where they're trying to be nostalgic and they're trying to call back to that era of themselves or trying to do brand new eyes paramore um but it is very reminiscent of ignorance in a way and also um I just you know, at first I didn't like the lyrics being so on the nose and I talked to a couple people that aren't like super into the fan base that also kind of agreed. But once you kind of get past the on the nose-ness of it, even though um, Haley has spoken specifically that it's not supposed to be on the nose, it's really just supposed to be, um, it, it could be interpreted in many different ways. But the, the sentiment is obviously there. You can't really escape it. Turn on, turn off the news. Um, we all know what she's talking about there. But um, I said it when I first heard the song. I was listening in my car and I noticed that um, Haley sounds very, um, 
She sounds a lot um, different in terms of she sounds a lot louder than the band does in the chorus. And everybody said, you know, try listening on something different. Maybe it's where you're listening. And I have to say, when I was listening to it live, there's something about this song that just feels mismatched and not really in a criticism kind of way, but it just sounds like all the parts are good, but the way that the second um, verse kind of comes in, the far, I'm far, so far from the front line, from a front line, that part just sounds like it's out of place. But again, I don't know really a whole lot about music. That's just, this is just the opinion from a fan listening to a song by a band that I happen to be rather fond of. But um, it's a great song, honestly. Um I don't know if I would have picked it for a single though after listening to the whole record. Um, I think the music video is great. I definitely think that that was a fun way to introduce the era with that video. It's kind of not too stark of a contrast between This Is Why. This Is Why is a very cool video. Um, it's kind of nostalgic. It kind of has that like retro feel to it where the news is very, um, it has parts of nostalgia in it but for the most part seems very current day which you know is kind of the point of the song if you take it very literally considering this is a post-ish pandemic record um, made a little bit during the pandemic height so the news is a great catchy song but definitely not my favorite on the record but um, I think it's a strong contender for a great song um out of the whole bunch so here's a little bit of the news all along we called it normal so that was track two the news we are going to move on to track three which is running out of time which um i think is kind of a standout for a lot of fans at least at the current moment um like i'd mentioned before i got to sit with running out of time for a little longer um just because i got that flexi disc on uh monday evening but um a lot of people got the flexi disc on tuesday at their listening party so i didn't really beat anybody um to the punch too um for too long um, I really only had it for a couple hours more than anybody else did. And I believe that, um, I don't remember, I want to say it was Australia, but there was um, one country that did their listening party, I believe, on Sunday. So I was nowhere near the first person to have it. But um, I got to sit with it a little longer than a couple fans did. And Paramore did play it live for the first time on Monday. And a lot of people have been saying that this is the told you so. Um, told you so being from After Laughter. This is the told you so of This Is Why. And... I I get it and I don't know if I get it in the way that people are trying to say that it is the told you so of this record but in my own personal way I can see it um I really like running out of time I think it's the most um cheeky of um a lot of Paramore songs um Haley literally just put it plainly it's just about her being late to everything she tells this story on the Zane Lau interview that came out on Wednesday about how um she was hanging out with Taylor Swift when they were like 19 and they were both um, experiencing success for the first time. And um, she realized through Taylor Swift having seemingly having her life together that Haley clearly did not. And um, notoriously, if you've been a Paramore fan for any um, 
amount of time that you know that Haley is late to everything and she has mentioned it in several interviews and just all around you know in just context um in conversation I mean she's just mentioned it before but I really like running out of time my favorite part for no reason is when she says there was a fire um metaphorically and just the way that she says there was a fire um we start to really um, lean more into the way that Haley is experimenting with um, vocal melodies. And I just think it's super cool. This is why it's pretty standard for Paramore vocally. And even the news, I thought the news was pretty cool. The way that um, the the part that I just played at the end, the all along we called it normal. That part live was very, um, it still gives me goosebumps every time I watch it um, back on my phone because I recorded the whole song because I just, uh, it was the first time that they played it live. So I thought it was really special. And it's just that, that song is very cool at a Paramore show, I will say. And Running Out of Time was really fun live too. It's a bummer that they played it before anybody um, got the lyrics or really got to hear it because. I kind of hate listening to new songs live for the first time because there's no engagement. There's no fan interaction except for maybe people bobbing their heads and being excited. But um, that song is going to be really fun live if they choose to keep it on the set list, which I really think that they should. Honestly, I do think that um, if I had to choose, probably pick Running Out of Time as a single to replace the news. Um, It's not because I like, I dislike the news. I just think that the the singles that I would have chosen really would have got me more hyped for the record if I wasn't um, a Paramore fan so in, invested and engulfed in the community and just was looking forward to it anyway I think that this is why and running out of time really would have grabbed people differently than running than um this is why and the news but that's not to say the news is a bad song I mean I know a lot of people like it and you know to each their own but Running Out of Time is definitely a cool song. Uh, I like that it's four minutes long. I like what they did with it. I like the way that Haley plays with her vocal melodies in the song. I just think that um, those choruses are really, really fun. Um, it was funny because I had heard it, obviously, before the show. I listened to it a couple of times. And then list- watching people's reactions to her belt out those choruses, I just thought it was really fun because I knew it was coming. And a lot of people that didn't um, hear the song yet they didn't know it was coming. So that was a little treat um, that I got to experience for myself. So this is Running Out of Time. There was traffic, spilled my coffee, crashed my car otherwise. Would have been here on time. Shoulda, coulda, wouldn't matter, ultimate alibi. You know it's a lie. There was a fire! So that was track three, Running Out of Time, and now we are moving on to track four, which is Say Come Saw. Um, this song was an interesting choice for a single, in my opinion. I don't know why this was a single, um, and I'm going to say that, but also um, I like this song. I really do. I like what they did. Um, just overall, I really like the intro to the song. I like, I do like the na 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 nas. Um, I think they're really fun. I know a lot of people do not like them, um, but I just think it's really fun. It just shows Paramore in 2023. Um, 
you know, they took a lot of creative risks with self-titled and after laughter, a lot of them were hits and some of them were misses in the eyes of the public. Um, and honestly, I feel like Sakem Saw was really a cool way to experiment this far in their career, being in their thirties, being their sixth album, 2023. And I really like the vocal delivery that Haley did. Um, I like how cheeky the song is too. I like that she's um, picking those personal experiences from the pandemic in there. Um, I I kind of hate um, pandemic records. And I know that Haley specifically had spoken on this and she said that it's not a pandemic record. And after we get over um, track four, we kind of lean more towards into songs that don't really deal with the pandemic, which I'm thankful for. So to me, in my opinion, that this is why it's not a pandemic record, but, um, this is why as fantastic as that song is, um, very much, you know, this is why I don't leave the house and kind of talking about, um, those themes, the news, very clearly pandemic driven, um, with all the, the bad news that was going on and still goes on shit. There's never any good news. Let's be honest. Um, but um, Running Out of Time, that's just a fun song. I don't really find that um, a pandemic theme. But um, <laughs> Sakem Saw definitely has some pandemic themes. Haley talked about going to the chiropractor um, when it was safe to do so, um, when offices were opening back up and all that all that stuff. But um, I, I do thoroughly enjoy the song live, too. I think that it's just, it's just fun. There's really nothing to it. But... Um, interesting choice for a single in my opinion because there are so many other choices that they could have made out of the 10 songs that are on this record personally I would have just left it at two songs if you had to ask me it'd be this is why and you first which we'll get to you first a little later on um, in this review but I like the risks that we're taking in this and you can tell that Haley was definitely really into into wet leg. (laughs) Maybe that's unfair to say, but I know she does love wet leg. She did do that um, podcast episode with those two and um, it was awesome. I I love the stark difference in energies between the three of them. But um, yeah, this was a for a single choice I would not have chosen this song but definitely um definitely fun you could tell that the three of them definitely were having a good time in the studio making this song so here is Sacred Saw So that was track four, Sakem Saw. We are moving into the um, first half of the record is almost over. I can't believe it's already the first half of the record. Ten songs is just truly not a lot um, at all. But um, track five, Big Man, Little Dignity. I have a lot of things to say about this song, um, and I hope that I say them all. But there is something nostalgic but not in a um, nostalgic on purpose kind of way um, to this song. The intro to the song reminds me of um, a song that I cannot put my finger on for the life of me. I really should have thought about this before I started recording this, but the intro to this song um, 
first very briefly reminds me of a song by As Tall as Lions from their record, um, You Can't Take It With You. And then the other part of it reminds me of another song that I've heard kind of recently that, again, I cannot um, for the life of me think of it at this moment. But the opening um, the opening way that this um, Haley's vocals coming in, um, the first verse, seem very um it's 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 intimate in my opinion it just seems super intimate um the way that it was produced and the way that she is saying those words it seems very like she's almost scared that she that she's going to say these words um but not in a whisper way she's announced she's uh, enunciating every syllable so she means it but she's still not sure if she wants to say these things um, out loud. Um, but once we get to the chorus, obviously, it is very bombastic. Very, um, She is really um, delivering vocally on those choruses. But there's something reminiscent. And I feel like I say this about every record that I review. There's always that um, end credit to the movie song, as I call it, on every record that I feel like I talk about. Um, which isn't a bad thing. I love those kinds of songs. But um, something about this chorus reminds me a lot of Barty Strange's uh, Mulholland Drive from his record that came out last year, um, Farm to Table. It kind of reminds me of that feeling, very calming, very freeing, very relaxing. But it's kind of heartbreaking the way that Haley delivers um, that chorus, like the voice break, um, it just seems like this song was recorded in a very vulnerable moment. And it's funny that I say that because in the beginning of this, I mentioned that um, After Laughter felt more vulnerable than This Is Why. But coming to the close of the first half of the record, I feel like we are getting more into the vulnerability um, on This Is Why because there there is some, um, not as much as After Laughter, if you ask me in my personal opinion, but Big Man Little Dignity um, has so many cool moments and just really flows so freely. The musicianship in this song just really shines. Um, Haley's vocals shine so bright. Um, <laughs> not to um, call back to Brighter from All We Know Is Falling, but um, Big Man Little Dignity is probably one of my favorite songs right now. Um, it's the one I've listened to the most and um, I feel like I've been living with more um, with this record. I mean, it hasn't even been out a full day yet, right? But I really like everything that's going on in the song. I like the softness of it. I like the urgency of the lyrics and I like the urgency of the chorus and the delivery of Haley's vocal performance. It's just overall um, a comforting song with very important messaging. And um, I think Paramore has been really in the pocket with that in this record, saying something so important in kind of a soft way. And sometimes you have to think about the person that you're talking to. Um, if you're having a conversation one-on-one -on -one with somebody, um, something might be super important and might be so crushing or mean or bad or just, you know, there's some sort of heavy emotion tied to it, but there's a way to deliver it so softly and to be considerate of somebody. 
And that's how I kind of feel about big man, little dignity. Like we have to talk about these bad men in the industry and bad men in general, but without triggering or making somebody more upset about it, we're delivering it in a softer kind of, um, you know, shush tone kind of, I don't know. I don't really, I think I'm rambling at this point. I was trying to say more softer spoken, but I already said the word softer. So I was trying to dance around that. But I love the song. I think that it's brilliant. The way that it opens up, I think is really cool. Um, the way that it was produced and Haley's vocals almost sounding like um, they weren't produced at all. Like I, it's almost as if she's recording right next to me um, without any effects or just anything. It's just her... Haley Williams, the person talking or singing to a microphone in the same room as you. And I think that that's really cool. And I feel like there's a lot of that on this record. And it's as a band, as big as they are on their sixth record for them to be doing intimate moments like that. I just think that that's so rad. Um, yeah, I, I don't have, um, there's, there's so many things I could say about this song, but I have to move on at some point. So here's a little bit about, uh, a little bit of Big Man, Little Dignity. So that was track five, Big Man, Little Dignity, and we are moving on to track six, which is You First, and that seems to be the fan favorite overall, and it's one of my favorites too, quite honestly. Um, as I was saying before, in, um, earlier on, if I had to choose two signal sigils um, for This Is Why, I would have picked This Is Why and you first. If I had to pick three, I would probably do This Is Why, Running Out of Time, and You First. I feel like those three songs would have given a very good taste of what this record would sound like, and you would still be well surprised um, and very pleasantly surprised with what you heard. But You First, uh, I have so many thoughts on this song. Um, When I watched the Zane Lau interview and I heard Taylor York talk about... um, his original um, pushback for this song being on the record and all of the reasons behind it and why he felt the way that he did. Um, at first, I was very excited to hear it because I wanted to see what he was talking about. And quite honestly, I mean, the, the intro guitar part of the song, um, as a musician, I could kind of see why he wasn't 100% pleased with it or he wasn't really at peace with it. Um, I love it. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's very creative, but, um, being a Paramore fan for such a long time and hearing a lot of things that Taylor has done production wise, guitar wise, and just getting to see a small glimpse of who he gives us as his per as, um, as a person, um, he doesn't give us a lot, which, you know, he doesn't have to give us anything, but the small glimpses of his, um, personality that he's given us over the last, you know, decade or so, um, 
I can kind of see why he wasn't a hundred percent happy with it. Um, but as far as a song goes, um, just as a fan, I think it does so much, um, for some reason, uh, I, I said this on Twitter that there's something very reminiscent of all we know is falling on this song. And it really comes to me in the chorus. Um, there's something about it that feels like, um, let this go. But, um, obviously like almost 20 years into the future, but just the, the way that Haley, um, gradually builds that chorus vocally is just astonishing. I, I love it so much. The, you know, I thought that at this point I would be really tired of people talking about karma, um, after Taylor Swift had that whole song, um, from midnights about karma and everything, you know, it just kind of seems like everybody talks about karma and it's just getting kind of stale in a way, but I don't know, just the vocal delivery, um, on that chorus that Haley gives us, I just really, really enjoy it. And it kind of sounds in, in her voice, it kind of sounds to me, um, all we know is falling, a falling era Haley. And this is why era Haley coming together and, um, bringing this new updated sound. And it's just so funny because you first doesn't sound like, um, your typical pop punk, um, rock era paramore sound, you know, your, all we know is falling riot, brand new eyes era paramore. You first doesn't sound like that, but it just gives this nostalgic feel. It's very early two thousands for me. And, um, I probably should have finished watching it again for the third time before making this episode again. There's a lot of things I should have done before doing this episode, but I just got really excited about sharing my opinions that nobody asked for. But um, Haley said about a song, I'm not sure if it was You First. It, it, it could have been, but I did watch the bit about You First right before I started recording this and she didn't say it. But she did say that um, there's a song on this record that feels very early 2000s to her, or at least like inside of her. Like it may not sound like it, but she feels, you know, in her, in her, in herself that um, there's something reminiscent inside of her for that era in one of the songs. It actually might be you first. I skipped around a little bit while they were talking, but, um, I can't, I can't tell you guys, I can't explain it, but there's something very early two thousands feeling with you first. And I think it really is in the chorus. It's not really in the verses. It's not really in the music, um, per se, but that chorus just really hits me in a very like 2004, 2005 kind of way. And not even in a Paramore in 2004, 2005 kind of way, because although I, I did say that it does kind of feel reminiscent of All We Know Is Falling and that is the era that it came out. Um, it reminds me of early 2000s bands that are not Paramore, um, in addition to kind of feeling like Paramore. I feel like I'm not making a lot of sense, but I promise in my brain there's, there's, there's things that, um, you know, are piecing these together, but I don't know. I really like you first. I really think that it was incredibly creative. I, I do feel like Taylor put everything into this song. Um, I know that he said that, um, he felt that he put everything in this song, but like, wasn't super happy with it. Um, you know, when Carlos, their producer asked, you know, I, I guess you're done. And he said, um, yeah, but not in a, not like a good way. Um, 
I don't know. This song is going to be quite interesting because if they choose to play it live, I do think that it'll be um, a crowd favorite, a fan favorite. I think that I can already see Haley um, doing crowd participation moments in this song a lot. And it, it would be a really good track to do live, but it's all going to depend on if Taylor has made enough peace with it, um, being on the record and wanting to play it live. And I would respect his decision if he doesn't want to play it live and he just wants that to live on the record and just kind of not think about it. But I think it is a very cool song. Very like not when we were young, nostalgic, but authentic nostalgia. And I don't think that authentic nostalgia really exists. So I think I'm just making that up. But as somebody who um, spent a lot of time talking about um the rise and fall of nostalgia with my friend Julian, who does the cozy representative. Um, we did an episode a couple months ago when, when we were young was, um, when that weekend, the, when we were young weekend, we did an episode for his podcast. that's coming out pretty soon. Um, we were talking about how nostalgia is kind of icky to at least me. Um, he's kind of, you know, in the middle on it. But to me, it's like I don't, and, and Haley even said this, she doesn't look at Paramore as a nostalgia band or, you know, a band that's trying to um, put on an old jacket, as the band would say, um, during this era of time while they were recording. They kept mentioning putting on a new, an old jacket and how they didn't really want to do that. But I definitely think that they did, they did such a polished Paramore on This Is Why. Um, I know I'm probably getting off topic because I'm going to talk about the record as a whole at the end as well, but this sounds like a very polished 2023 version of a band that people consider a nostalgia band just because they had that one song in 2007 that's really big. Um, so yeah, You First is definitely a strong standout and I definitely think that um, the fans would agree on that. So here is You First. So that was track six, You First, and we are moving on quickly to track seven, which is figure eight. This song is fucking cool. I like this song is just straight up fucking cool from start to finish. The intro to this song, uh, Glockenspiel, man, uh, I think this is the song that uh, was floating around where the liner notes says credits Zach and Taylor for Glockenspiel and Vibes. Um, it could be a different song, but it I, I'm almost positive it's figure eight. But oh my gosh, there's something about this song that feels very post-hardcore. And again, I, I cannot elaborate on that. Um, something very scrams. I know a lot of people hate that term. Sorry, I, I don't know what else to call it at this moment. But very scrams, very post-hardcore. In the chorus, um, that pre-chorus especially, where Haley says, I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. Um, this song, when I heard it, I said to myself in the car, um, if I wasn't a Paramore fan and I did not know that this was Paramore, this would be a band that I would absolutely want to dig into. I would 
want to hear their discography, I would buy this record immediately. Um, just on this song alone, I would buy the vinyl. I would, I would just be so enamored and engulfed in trying to figure out everything that I can about this band. And I remember um, in a couple of interviews now that um, the band has done since this era has started um, and leaning up, uh, leading up to the release is they have said that this is a um, Haley especially has said this is a band that I would love, um, especially while making all these songs. And I have to absolutely agree. You know, um, I've ad- I've admitted this to co- a couple of close friends, but Paramore being one of my favorite bands from childhood, um, I've kind of fallen off as far as listening to them. Like I'm very engaged in what's going on. Like I read all the interviews. I'm very on top of releases, you know, I'm uh, in and out of the community, whether I, you know, I want to be in it or not. Um, it's just a part of me at this point. Um, but, um, I'm very much in the Paramore world and in the Paramore space. And I've been for a very big part of my childhood, teenage, and now into my adult life, but I don't reach for them. Paramore is not a band that I routinely listen to on Spotify. Um, You won't see them on my Spotify wrapped. You won't see me listening to them casually on, um, if we're friends on Spotify, you're more than likely never going to see me listening to Paramore. And it's not because I don't love them, but they're just not a band that I think about other than they've been, you know, part, they're more part of my life than um, me listening to them, if that makes any sense. Um, I haven't listened to After Laughter really since Art and Friends. Um, even before that, I don't remember the last time I listened to After Laughter. Um, I've listened to No Friend a couple of times because there was a there was a week or two where I got it came up on a shuffle playlist and I got really into No Friend again. Um, if you've been um, listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how I feel about No Friend off after laughter um there's a whole analysis episode of all those lyrics on uh on this podcast uh channel you can go check out if you're really interested um but i don't listen to paramore often they're really not a band i reach for i know all the words to all their songs i go to their shows i engage in the community but i don't reach for them um i don't know if that makes me a bad fan or not but there's just so many other um bands and artists you know being going into my 30s that um I just give more time to um I think it's because I've given so much of my time to Paramore over the last years and I still continue to dedicate time to them um no matter what but yeah I just give my and I don't listen to um I don't stream very often anymore um I listen to local radio um, WNXP on 91.1 is the only station that's in my car at all times if I'm in the Nashville area. So I don't really listen to um, music on my phone or Spotify that often. That's not to say that I never do, but when I do, I dedicate it to other artists that aren't uh, ones that I've spent, you know, <laughs> half my life with. So um, with all of that really long-winded nonsense being said, I, if I heard figure eight and it was the first song I ever heard by Paramore or didn't even know it was Paramore, I would be so, um, I'd be so all in on figuring out who this band was. It's just such a, again, it's just such a cool song. I really love the production 
on this album. I love everything that Haley did vocally. It just continues to get better and better every time. You really just hear everybody being so sure of themselves on this record. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true after watching that Zayn Lau interview. I feel like, um, you know, they're all three of them are only human. I'm sure they weren't 100% confident in all these songs at all times. But the finished product as a listener and pretending I don't know anything personal that goes on with these records or doesn't invest myself with them as people. And I just look at it as, um, you know, a regular casual fan. It sounds so sure, especially with figure eight. It sounds like everybody, um, they didn't think about, does this work? Or we're just going to try it the way that, you know, they weren't sure about ain't it fun. They knew that they liked it, but they're like, we don't know what this is, but we're going for it. Figure eight and a lot of other songs, if not every song on this is why sounds like, no, we think this is cool. We like this. People are bound to like this. Let's fucking go. So yeah, figure eight is one of those really just absolutely cool songs. I, I keep saying cool, but it's just, there's no better way to describe it. In my opinion at this current moment, um, I thought the lyrics were really awesome. Uh, lyrically, um, it does get so much better in my opinion. And that's, you know, I feel like that's kind of rude to say because Haley does, um, Haley has so many hard hitting, incredible lyrics and a lot of them are on this record, but you know, the news felt too on the nose for me. A couple of lyrics on this is why I felt too on the nose for me. It's not until we get to that back half of the record that we really get into the meat of it. Um, that's not to say that running out of time is a waste or sake them saw, but a lot of those songs in the beginning of the record just feel very chorus heavy, feels very repetitive, but the back half, although is kind of repetitive, we do get more meat. And I think it really starts with, um, you first and then figure eight really leans hard into that and i just i fucking love this song so here is figure eight that was track seven figure eight and we are moving right on to track eight which is called liar um there's a lot of um there's a lot of fans that really love this song and reasonably so um i'm not quite sure how this is going to fit into a paramore show um i trust the band wholeheartedly that if they they fit into the set list it's going to be amazing there's going to be a lot of tears this song is so interesting to me because um, without trying to get too into their personal lives, I feel like Haley is talking about um, how she, the partner that she's with now, she feels that he's always been there and she knew that he was probably always right for her but a part of her always wanted to protect him from her. So she just always pushed him away because she valued him as a person, as a friend, as somebody in her life, and just felt that she was too self-destructive and she could not bear to bring her partner into this. And time after time, again and again, she 
you know, broke her own heart. She got hurt. She's been through a lot of stuff. And this whole time, her her current partner has been there for her through all of this, through thick and thin, kind of watching from the sidelines, but also being there to comfort her. And she kind of wanted to protect him from her. Um, and now she's starting to see that um, that was kind of maybe even a mistake and how she wasn't really protecting him from her, but she was protecting herself from any future heartbreak or from losing this very pivotal person in her life. And I mean, again, this is just me being a fan, um, me just overanalyzing the shit out of everything um, for the sake of this podcast. But um, that's just what I got from the lyrics and just kind of getting from what Haley was talking about, the Zane Lau interview. Um, that's just what I got from that kind of like, you know, you want to protect the person that you care about the most this person that you love, this person that you're with, um, from yourself, because you don't want to taint such a nice, kind person that, again, that you just love so dearly. So Liar is a really interesting song for me. Um, musically, um, very updated ballad for Paramour. It's kind of different for them. Um, I know that they do ballads every record, but this isn't really a ballad, but more just so of a an ode to where she's at now in her life, in her personal relationships, um, and all of that. It kind of, um, it's a nice flow between what she was doing on her own with Petals for Armor and Flowers for Vases, even though that Zach and Taylor were very hands-on with both of those. I mean, Taylor produced Petals for Armor. Um, Zach was on a couple tracks, um, very collaborative. It was very Paramore family involved in both of those records. Um, I know Flowers for Vases, Haley um, played all the instruments on her own. It was very much, you know, her own kind of entity. Um, this song kind of feels like the the perfect transition from her doing those two um, solo albums. This could have arguably, arguably been on... Um, one of those records, quite honestly, um, it, as much as it feels like a Paramore song, um, could easily been one of those vulnerable moments on in Haley solo project album, even though it's so weird saying Haley solo project album, because it was very much Paramore. It was just her name on the cover. You know, it didn't say Haley from Paramore or Paramore. It just said Haley Williams. So, um, it just feels weird to say, even though I know that they are technically just Haley solo records, but yeah, Liar's a really interesting song. It's very beautiful. Um, I hope that I'm not getting too um, crazy with my interpretation, but um, trying to be as respectful to um, these human beings as possible and um, somebody who does not know them personally, I just want to be as respectful as possible while also reviewing and analyzing um, these songs, but yeah, Liar's going to be cool live for sure. going to be a lot of fucking tears, that's for sure. So here's a little bit of Liar. Love is not an easy thing to fully admit But I'm not ashamed of it Love is not a weakening if you feel it rushing 
So that was track eight called Liar. And before we move on to track nine, which is Crave, I do want to just say that I like the little callbacks in Liar to um, Crystal Clear, which was the last track on Haley's solo record, Petals for Armor. And then um, her talking about how she's not ashamed um, in that last little bit that I played that kind of fades out. Um, because she talked a lot about shame in um, interviews, talking about Petals for Armor and how she felt a lot of shame in her past and how she's trying to overcome that. So it's really beautiful that she says that she's no longer ashamed um, and talks about love in this very beautiful way. So I did want to touch on that before I moved on to um, track nine. So track nine, Crave, um, again, a lot of people really think that this is a standout. Um, I like Crave a lot. Um, I like that what Haley said about it on the Zane Lau interview. She talked about how it's mostly about how when you're living in the moment, you're too caught up in thinking about missing that moment and being nostalgic for it that you don't even get to enjoy that moment. And I, fe- I feel that a lot. Um, I'm somebody who... Um, can never sit and enjoy the current moment. I'm always, my brain is always thinking a million miles an hour and I'm always thinking about the next moment um, without even living in the current one. You know, there's so many times this week, you know, between the album release um, show, um, celebrating my birthday at my job, um, my actual birthday, um, continuing to just um, have an outpour of love and kindness and all this stuff from my friends and hanging out with friends all weekend and everything. I haven't really like sat in any of these moments and just like soaked it in and thought like, wow, this is, this is life. And this is really cool. Um, I'm somebody that just doesn't stop and smell the roses sometimes. And that's really hard to get out of. And that's, I like the messaging on Crave where it's kind of like, you know, we, we as people, we just don't think about, the the moment we just never think about it we just always want to uh, move on to the next one even if the next one is shittier than the moment that we're in now um it's kind of like the grass is greener on the other side but it never really is the moment that you're in now if it's a good moment um the chances of the next moment being even better is pretty slim so if you're having a good moment um you should just live in that but something about crave just um for some reason i i can't think of the uh the song but um it reminds me very much of an under my skin avril lavigne song and i don't mean that as a criticism we all love avril lavigne um rest in peace um we we love avril lavigne on this podcast but um it, it kind of sucks to make that comparison only because that's what you know, brought Haley onto that Atlantic contract when he was, she was a teenager, they were trying to make her into a little, um, a little clone of Avril Lavigne, but just something about it felt kind of under my skin nostalgia, which under my skin is a fantastic record, um, really stands the test of time, but also very reminiscent of, um, a windows down kind of song. Um, I think I described Barty Strange's escape this circus from farm to table as a windows down kind of song or, you know, end credit movie scene song. Crave is just a very light, airy free song. Kind of, um, what I was talking about earlier in this episode. I don't know. It's just, um, it just doesn't feel too much. It feels just enough. Um, it feels like it just says the message so clear 
And I like when a message is clear and not so um, hard to find, especially one that's so relatable. I I hate when I have to dig for relatability in a song that's supposed to be easy. Um, that's just me as a listener. That's my own personal problem that I have to live with. But yeah, a lot of people really love Crave. It's a big standout for them. And I have to say, um, I do have my favorites from This Is Why, but this is definitely a very, very well done and very well produced song. And I also, again, I really like the way that Haley's vocals are done throughout this entire record. I feel like she is very, like I mentioned before, it feels as if she's in the room with you recording these songs. Um which is a very weird thing. And I don't know how I would feel about that um, in person because this just feels like a very personal process. And, you know, I'm just a, I'm just an outsider, but I really like the way that this record was produced. And I really like hearing Haley so clear. Um, I know Zane Lau mentioned it in his interview with them, how he's never heard her so clearly. And I agree. There's a couple songs, um, especially in Liar, um, especially, especially, and a little bit in Thick Skull. She just, oh, that's just, uh, you know, that's just my neighbors. They just, they just vroom vroom in their Jeep renegade all the time for no reason. Um, anyway, what I was saying is Haley just sounds so, um, in these vulnerable moments, she kind of sounds like she's trying to mumble or she's trying to talk really quietly and then moves into that, um, I think they call it a head voice, um, I'm not even going to try and pretend like I'm a professional vocal coach or anything, but um, it just kind of sounds like she gets really soft and um, Halsey actually explained this really, really well. And it's very cool what they did on um, their record for a manic. Somebody had asked them why some um, song titles were uh, in all lowercase and why some were in all uppercase. And they had said that, um, for a song like Clementine, for instance, is all lowercase. They said that they feel really small. Um, that's that song, you know, makes them feel very small. Not in like um, not in a bad way. Not like somebody berating them and making them feel small, but just feels really small and kind of dainty and kind of delicate. Um, which that song really does um, feel like, honestly, listening to it. Um, whereas a song like I Hate Everybody is in all capital letters and and truly very much like um. A, uh, a Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of musical um, experience that song is. So I feel like um, the same way with Haley's vocals um, feels very small and very lowercase um, when she's talking about these vulnerable things. Um, Liar feels very vulnerable. Um, certain aspects of Thick Skull, um, you could just kind of hear it on this record. And then the choruses usually pick up, um, like I'd mentioned, uh, big man, little dignity. She's saying, um, she's saying these words so crisp and clear, but there's a sense of, um, a little bit of hesitation. But then once you get to that chorus, she really finds her voice and she's like, no, I really need to say this. We're not whispering anymore. Like this needs to be said. So yeah, I think that I think Crave is a fantastic song all around. And here is a little bit of it.
And then finally, we have track 10, which is a Thick Skull. And I feel like this is the perfect end of this record. Um, Thick Skull is the first song that Paramore wrote for This Is Why. And then This Is Why, the title track being the last song that they had written for the record. And it's kind of funny because knowing only knowing that fact, I wouldn't have gathered this any other way, but knowing that fact, I can hear um, Thick Skull being the first one that they had uh, written for the record. Um, it feels like they um, they were full of energy and they were ready to create again, uh, whereas this is why, even though I think, I hate to say this, but it feels like the most polished song on the record. It feels very consistent with the production, feels very... Um, I'm going to say the word normal just because it, it just feels like every other song, the way that it's produced, um, not a criticism for the production, but just um, every all the levels just feel the same. It feels like it's very standard. It doesn't feel like the other songs like I was mentioning in the news where the, in the chorus, Haley sounds louder than the band um, and other songs that you can hear. Um, like I'd mentioned, like Haley's in the room with you. She doesn't have any effects or anything on her voice or at least what it can sound, uh, what it sounds like from my perspective. Um, so it's kind of interesting that Thick Skull is the first one that they wrote because um, it doesn't sound as polished as This Is Why does, but This Is Why lyrically kind of sounds like um, Haley was kind of done writing, which she had said that she more or less was. Um, Thick Skull is a very interesting song. Um, this is the song that everybody, well, not everybody, that one interview said that it was kind of shoegazy and I guess I can see it, but not really. And if it is, then man, if shoegaze sounded like Thick Skull, I would be all over shoegaze, but alas, it does not, um, in my personal opinion, but the lyrics to Thick Skull really kind of get me because it sounds very very much like Haley um, being a little broken, um, how she kind of, um, she mentioned it in the Zane Lau interview, how she's like, what if everything that people have said about me is true? What if I am all of these things? What if I am an asshole? What if I am, you know, all the things that um, people say about me as being in Paramore and all this stuff. And hearing that and then listening to the song and reading the lyrics, it just really kind of breaks you a little bit. Um, Haley's always written lyrics on every album for their ballady songs that always kind of grab you, whether it be Last Hope or 26 or even Tell Me How or, you know, um, gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on, uh, you know, We Are Broken, stuff, uh, songs like that. She's always really good at those ballady, really gripping lyrical content um, in at least one song on the record. And this song just, I don't know, I, I listened to it a couple times and I just, um, it doesn't stand out for me, but not in a bad way. It just, um, I don't really, and I've, I think I've mentioned this before, how I'm not a slow song kind of person. I like fast. I like a lot of drums. I like, um, I like a really aggressive, um, guitar beat and, um, a guitar rhythm and really fast drum beat, but, um, Thick Skull lyrically, it just really, um, it really moves me and I kind of hope they don't play it live. Um, only because I don't know how emotionally fragile, I'm willing to be at a Paramore show again. Um, Monday really kind of tested that emotional stability when um, Haley 
um, played in the morning with the landslide outro, um, little mashup, and then covered Loretta Lynn. And it was just, it was very special to be there. I, I've mentioned this before. I don't uh, cry at shows, but I got very close to that show. Um, I think the almost one of the only times that I cried at a show was when uh, I saw Aaron Weiss play, uh, perform No Friend with Paramore on Parahoy. Um, I was very, <laughs> I was very emotional during that, and I could not tell you why. Um, that was just a really cool experience. But Thick Skull is an incredible way to end such a good record, and um, yeah. Here is a little bit of that. So that was the final track, Thick Skull, off Paramore's 2023 album, This Is Why. Oh, man. <laughs> this record, honestly, I um, I told a lot of friends that I felt like this record was going to be their, um, their Radiohead era. It was going to be their Kid A record. Um, I didn't really know what was going to happen. I mean, after I heard This Is Why, the song... Um, I wasn't sure what direction they were going to go. I mean, it's very hard for me to listen to anything Paramore does and not really like it or not stand behind it. They're one of those bands that I don't really care what they do musically. I'm probably going to find some way to like it in any way, shape or form. But um, I was nervous. I didn't know how this record was going to be received. I didn't know how fans would feel about it. I mean, I was down for anything, but seeing the reactions to Say Come Saw, I was so disappointed that people just hated it. Um, and I don't know if the, the core fans or like Paramore fans um, hated it or if it was just like the general public, but I was just so bummed out at the poor response, that song that um, got that. And that's why I feel like that was a bad single choice in my opinion. But um, overall, this record feels like um, nostalgia bands and I don't mean that in a bad way but you know your Fall Out Boy your um, Panic at the Disco your MCR you know those those bands and other bands that are in the scene or around the scene that came up in the early 2000s everyone's kind of doing the um, the same thing or um, they're going back to their roots um, I give credit to Fall Out Boy for you know experimenting with mania and didn't really um matter what happened um the criticisms or you know what people said about it um a lot of people did like mania you know through all of that um i commend them for taking creative risks and not really letting being um a nostalgia band hold them back um they're coming back with their new record those two new songs that they put out were really good 
Um, I feel like they're in their pocket kind of, they're doing kind of what Paramore is doing right now with um, experimenting, but kind of in a um, callback kind of way to where they came from. A lot of people say that those two songs sound like filet do and um, I was never a filet do kind of fan. Um, I kind of dropped off after Infinity on high. I'll be completely honest, but I respect what they do. My Chemical Romance, I never had that um, phase um, Colin did. I did not, but, um, I can't really speak on what they did with their new song, um, foundations of decay or what they're going to do. If they do plan on doing something in the future, um, panic. I don't want to talk about panic. <laughs> um, kind of glad that they are resting in some sort of peace. Um, but Paramore really, they, they really respected where they came from while also doing what a person in their thirties would do musically after being in a band for 20 something years almost and putting out six records. This record very much feels like, um, a Paramore record. Uh, I know that there's quite a debate on what old Paramore was, which, um, we could all just chalk it up to old Paramore is riot brand new eyes era Paramore, um, you know, commercially successful Paramore, angry Paramore or pop punk Paramore or alt rock Paramore, um, where self-titled, you know, kind of veered from that. And then after laughter just really took it there to the next level. Um, kind of, didn't have too many guitar parts where this one has so much guitar going on, so much drums, um, incredible bass. Again, Brian is such a great addition to this band. Um, I, I watching him play is just such a treat personally. Um, but I just feel that this is why really pays homage to where Paramore came from without, leaning too much into the pop punk revival or the nostalgia revival, which again, I talked extensively with my friend Julian about and how I feel about it, which spoiler alert, I don't feel very great about it. <laughs> I, um, I have some feelings about when we were young and capitalizing on nostalgia, especially, um, millennials and my generation and us going into our thirties and just, um, you know, clinging on for dear life for, um, that time period. I mean, for me, I never want to go back to the early 2000s. If you want my honest opinion, um, I liked how f uh, free it kind of felt and being a kid, but um, the early 2000s were not great. <laughs> um, but this is why just um, really, I know it's been said so much on the internet and Paramore has said it themselves, but everyone really shined on this record. It really felt collaborative. Every single song felt collaborative. It felt like, um, it was everybody's idea to do, um, some part of the song, you know, it felt like they really communicated really well. They, um, they listened to each other and they really put out something that they could all be proud of. And that's just, that's really rad. A band almost 20 years into their career only on their sixth record. And they are, collaborating so flawlessly and um yeah I really commend them for just staying humble and just really um kind of doing what they want and really doing it honestly and just not caring so much about whether or not um this record's going to be successful or you know what is it going to sell or you know just all logistics of being in a successful band signed on a major label but what's interesting is 
This is their last record on their major label contract. And Paramore has said in interviews, you know, since everybody's discovered that um, they're not done. This is not their last record. They're going to keep making music and all of this good stuff. But it is rather fascinating to me that their last record on a major label is like their shortest record. (laughs) But um, for a record, for their last record on a major label, this is the most, um, this is, this is their best version of, of the band. And as somebody who's followed their entire career from, you know, the first record somewhere in there, I'm not a day one fan. I'm not going to claim that, but um, I've been there since all we know is falling, even if it was at the tail end of it. And I've just really seen them um, go through so many seasons of life, just musically, not even as per people um, just talking strictly musically and through the albums and the storytelling and everything. Um, even Haley doing those two solo records, Pedals for Armor was definitely experimental um, as far as Paramore goes and as far as Haley goes. Um, and then Flowers for Vases, she really just put a musical diary out there. And I thought that that was really, that was really cool for her to just decide to do those songs. And I don't sometimes I mourn the loss of the pedals for armor tour, but also (laughs) I saw in an interview that their manager, Mark said that Haley was not super excited to tour that record. And I get it, man. I don't, um, don't fault her for it. Would have been an interesting experience for sure. I don't know how I would have felt about just seeing a show, but man, this is why I can't believe it's here. I can't believe it's been almost six years. I can't believe that, they toured already um, last year. Uh, I didn't get to go to the fall tour, but um, the Super Bowl, uh, oh, that Super Bowl show that they're putting on in Arizona, just a lot of cool stuff. And I really liked how collaborative with the fan base, their marketing is doing a fantastic job. They deserve a raise and you know, I've said it before. Sometimes I don't feel very connected to the band. I don't feel like I'm very much part of it. Um, it kind of bums me out sometimes. Other times I don't really care too much. But um, this, even though I wasn't a part of a lot of the... ...and things like that, I still felt like they were trying to give as much as they could to as many fans as possible. Especially I saw a lot of like day one ish kind of fans and I just feel like that's really awesome and um as somebody who wasn't really part of a lot of the beginning stuff of this part of me was a little a little jealous that people were experiencing this but also it's just really I've always been consistent and have always really showed some sort of care and compassion for the people that have helped them become what they are today. So, man, I could go on and on about this is why, but overall, I just feel like this is Paramore's best version of themselves as a band, maybe personally too. Um, I'm not going to even speculate on that, but they just seem like they're in a really good place, and it just seems like a genuinely good time to be Paramore. So... 
With all that being said, um, I'm going to leave you guys with a song by a band called Sour Milk. Um, actually, Colin sent me this song. Um, I guess I missed it on WXP, but WXP is a shout out to my local radio station for like the eighth time. I just really love what they do. Um, local radio, they're our NPR station here in Nashville. Um, Celia spends every morning with me at seven o'clock in the morning. I listen to her every morning and um, they play a lot of good new music and a lot of stuff that I've discovered, especially uh, artists like Dijon, who, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Dijon, Boy Genius, Barty Strange and Claro are playing a tour together. Like that's crazy to me. I, I, I know tickets are a hundred dollars, but somehow I'm going to sell an organ and I'm going to be there. But uh, shout out to my local radio station. I really love WNXP and everything that they do. Um, but Colin heard this song that I don't know how I missed it. Cause like I said, I list, that's the only thing I listened to in my car. Um, he found this song by a band called sour milk that came out last year in 2022. And the song is called sick girl. Um, it's really awesome. I love it. It kind of has a nostalgic feel, which I feel like nostalgia has kind of been beat to death in this episode. Sorry for saying it 400 times, but yeah. That's all I got for you guys today. I Like I said before, I didn't think that I was going to um, record for like the foreseeable future. I had no idea what I was doing. But I was listening to um, This Is Why and I just felt like I wanted to talk about it. There was a lot of stuff that I wanted to say. And yeah, I'm really happy that I didn't write a script for this because I just feel like um, what I had to say in my heart just really speaks to what I should portray on the internet. So yeah, before I leave you guys, um, you could follow me on Instagram at Samus Socks or on uh, Twitter, which is Rebel Hearts Girl. Uh, my email is rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, that's about it. I'll see you guys at the front. Here is Sour Milk. <laughs> 